Now you see my house. <laughs> uh, I saw uh, Comrade Boyeni also had his uh, camera on for a moment. How are you doing, Comrade? I'm fine, my wife. How are you? All right, all right. I don't think I will open my, my camera today. Uh, we need to see you at least when you when when you just greet us. No, hey, uh, 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 hey. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm wearing my cap and my Juventus t-shirt. <laughs> ah, Juventus. No, 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 no. Keep it close, please. We don't want to see Juventus. No. <laughs> it's a it's a pity we as South Africans couldn't uh, qualify to the World Cup. I'm so sad about that. Yeah, hey. that's not good. Yeah, Emperor, are you okay? I'm hundred percent, my father. I can't complain. I am here in Cape Town. Uh, Busy studying, so uh, one of these days you will hear that April has, a, has got an honors degree. And uh, when I've got an honors degree, I'm going to say, backed up by the studies that I've completed, comrades, please take note of my input. <laughs> yeah, we, we take note of your inputs now already, comrades. But keep up the good work with your studies. Thank you, my whoop. I will. I'm ready. I'm going to switch my camera on when you introduce us and I will keep it off for the rest of the time. Okay.
um, Mr. King, are we having quorum already? Good morning, honorable members. Uh, good, good morning, morning. Uh, honorable members. Good morning, uh, colleagues, and good morning, colleagues from the AG and from the department that are in the platform. Uh, honorable members, we have just received the apology of the chairperson who is held up uh, somewhere. She has just indicated that she is unable to join the meeting. So according to the rules of parliament, recording uh, in progress, in the event that the chairperson is not uh, in attendance, Members of the committee should uh, elect an acting chairperson who must ensure that we proceed with the meeting. So what we are going to do, we uh, will have to elect an acting chairperson uh, to ensure that we are proceeding with the, our meeting. And just before we start, I would like to alert members that uh, the meeting is live. And then whenever they will want to talk, they will have for that particular moment show their faces and open their cameras and then switch it off if in the case where there is a poor network. So what we are going to do right now, then we will call for members to elect the acting chairperson for this uh, meeting. Okay. In, the, in the system, I'm seeing the, the hand of... Uh, honorable I'm, 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 I'm suggesting the name of uh, Honorable Faiz to be the chair of this meeting. Thank you. Uh, honorable members, thank you, Honorable Lubengo. The name, the name of Honorable uh, Jacob has been suggested. I see the hand of uh, Honorable April. I second the name of the uh, Honorable Faiz Jacob as the chairperson of the session. Uh, the name of Honorable uh, Jacob has also been seconded by Honorable April. Is there any name that should be suggested? Uh, I see the end of uh, Honorable Tivilias. Good morning, King. Um, I'd just like to also support uh, the nomination, so I'm happy with it. Uh, Thank you very much, Honorable Tivilas. I take it that there's no other name that has been suggested. 
Thank you, honorable members. In the event that there's no other name, so we will request the uh, honorable Jacobs to proceed as an acting chairperson for the session. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I'll fly the, 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 the agenda, honorable Jacobs, and then so that you can open the meeting. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. King, and uh, good morning, honorable members, and thank you for your vote uh, uh, of confidence in me to chair this today's session. Um, I greet you all and uh, declare the meeting open. Um, you all are very welcome, and we want to extend a special warm welcome to our guests. Uh, this is the Portfolio Committee on Small Business. Our, our, my, our main um, purpose is to look at... Uh, helping small business grow, ensuring that we create an enabling environment for small business. We believe, all of, all of us as members, we believe small business is everybody's business. And if small business thrives, then uh, we can grow our economy and also uh, create jobs. So with that, a warm welcome to all uh, honorable members, uh, members of the, uh, the department, and the meeting is now, now open. So... Uh, for that, we have the agenda in front of us. I'll, I'll invite uh, Mr. King to just uh, go through roll call and apologies. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. <clears throat> I'm also greeting again all the, the Chairperson and uh, honorable members in the platform. Uh, colleagues from Parliament and colleagues from the entity, uh, from the entity and from the AG. Chairperson, in the platform, I managed to admit uh, yourself, Honorable Jacobs, Honorable Lubengo, Honorable April, Honorable Inkosul Tuli, Honorable Kruger, Honorable Mtenjane, Honorable Mieni. Honorable Tivilias and Honorable Tomelang. Uh, uh, Should it happen that I missed one of the honorable members, they can indicate. And then in the question of the apology, we have received an apology of the chairperson, Miss Siwela, uh, who is held up uh, uh, somewhere. And then I must bring to your attention, Chairperson, also that we are also having a, a leadership of CEDA who are keen to be part of the meeting as just to listen on the procedures of what the Auditor General has to say. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. King. And uh, we note. Uh, everybody who is present and welcome again to everybody. We also note and record the apologies of our chair. Um, um, our chair uh, is normally very diligent and we accept the apologies uh, that she's that is made today. Uh, members, I, I anticipate that you can see the agenda in front of you. Uh, we have a very important presentation on the AG's uh, first report um that will be presented um but before we do that i just want to call for the adoption of the agenda um as per our requirement 
Is there any mover for this this agenda? For any action? Chairperson, there's the end of uh, Honorable April. Honorable April. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I move for the adoption of the agenda as it is uh, before us. Thank you. Any seconders? Honorable de Villiers will second. Thank you, Honorable de Villiers. Thank you, um, colleagues and honorable members. So this is the agenda. We have adopted the agenda. Without wasting time, I'll invite the Auditor General's team to, uh, to lead uh, and make presentation on the on the on the COVID findings. So uh, over to you. I forgive me, but I don't know the the team leader. So maybe uh, Mr. King, if you can introduce him and uh, welcome again to to this portfolio committee. Thank you, Chairperson. I will uh, uh, request uh, Miss Griffiths as the PLO in the, is in the office of the Auditor General. She's the one that we always communicate. So I'll uh, give her to introduce the, the, the delegation. Welcome, Ms. Griffiths and the team of the Auditor General. Please, over to you. The floor is yours. Um, before I see there's a hand of a uh, hind, is it, and you still want to talk, Honorable April? That's the legacy end. I will remove it, uh, Chairperson. Sorry. Okay, thank you. AG, over to you. Good morning, Chairperson, and good morning, honorable members, the colleagues from the Department of Small Business and the relevant uh, public entities. Um, Ms. Makapo is my colleague. We work together. Um, I was giving her a chance to speak, but I, I see now she's about to flight the presentation, so I will just proceed with me. I also have my colleague, uh, Kenny Mushala, who previously uh, was in your presence presenting the audit outcomes of the portfolio of small business. Um, Chairperson, thank you for the invitation to take you through the special audit report, which was performed on the COVID-19 initiatives. Um, my name is Apendule Mantiane. I am the recently appointed um, senior manager responsible for the portfolio of small business. So when we received the invitation, we were happy and excited because it gives us an, an opportunity to rather uh, remind the members of the recommendations that we had made at the time when we presented the audit outcomes of the portfolio, such that they may be taken into consideration when you revisit the commitments and the resolutions that were made, more especially 
with the uh, knowledge that the department is now going to start the process of preparation of the annual financial statements, annual performance reports that will have to be submitted by 31 May this year. At Chavisim, I noted that the agenda made reference to the, special, the first special uh, audit report. However, the contents of the presentation were taken from the second uh, installment of the special audit report that was tabled by the Auditor General in December 2020. However, the nature of the report was cumulative, so the issues and the contents of the first special report would have been taken into consideration and matters that remain valid were incorporated into the second installment of the special audit report. Um, Chaperson, Without further ado, I'll just move right into the presentation. On the second slide, we have the mission and the vision of the Auditor General, which I will just read through for purposes of noting and observation. So as the Office of the Auditor General of South Africa, we have a constitutional mandate as a Supreme Audit Institution of South Africa. We exist to strengthen the country's democracy by enabling oversight, accountability and governance in public sector through auditing, thereby building public confidence, um, which is a very um, a, a impactful statement because uh, as, as, a, as, a, as an overall uh, uh, mission of the Auditor General, we want to see the lives of the, of, 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 of the people of South Africa, of the general public being impacted through the messages that would have delivered and, and enabling uh, oversight by the relevant assurance providers and role players. And uh, going into the special uh, audit report, the purpose of the special report when at the time it was undertaken, it was to assist government and departments to ensure that there's a quick uh, turnaround period in, in responding to, to issues or elements of breakdown within internal controls, such that the monies that were made available to, uh, to, 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 to assist uh, individuals, to assist businesses in, in combating some of the uh, challenges that they experienced as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the relevant um, hard lockdown restrictions were then combated. So in, in nature, auditing usually comes after effect, but with this with this initiative, the, the Office of the Auditor, Auditor General was able to assist government in ensuring that there was a quicker turnaround in, in, in correcting instances of breakdown in internal controls or rather correcting and redirecting the resources and, 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 and the initiatives such that the objectives of government were achieved. So the Department of Small Business was responsible for two initiatives in that time, which the first one being the Debt Relief Financial Scheme, which was discontinued on the 1st of October 2020. So we will not dwell much on this one because, Chairperson, in the future, we don't expect to see any expansion that relates to this particular um, initiative as it was already discontinued in the 2020-21 financial period. However, what we just want to remind the, 
the, the member's office, the fact that the department was unable to assist all the applicants that sought uh, relief in terms of financial assistance due to the limitations in terms of the available budget, which really highlights the importance of the job that is done by the department, as well as the plight of small businesses uh, that they, had, they, 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 they experienced as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. So the department will have to stay close to the small business owners as they rebuild their 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 um, institutions and their businesses and drive the the businesses which should have an impact in terms of uh, employment as well as economic uh, improvement within the the country. Then the second one was the initiative on Spaza Shop Support Program, whereby the budget was about 175 million. However, only about 18 million was successfully dispatched to the deserving participants as of 31 March 2021, which only accounted for about 10% of the available budget. And this is this is rather an unfortunate uh, instance with our country when we have so much challenges when it comes to issues of poverty. Um, uh, Chepesin, I, I, I recall growing up that uh, there were a lot of, in, in the villages, there were a lot of shops that were owned by local um, business owners which helped really uh, a great deal with reducing instances of poverty within rural rural and, and township uh, areas. And this was somewhat a measure of success and, 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 and would be uh, coming from respectable families. So the department really needs to intensify its footprint and promote awareness of the programs that are targeted at rural and township development. Um, moving to the next slide, at Chaperson, as at 1 October 2021, the puzzle shop uh, initiative had now been successfully uh, made available through online platforms where participants or potential uh, beneficiaries could apply online. And there were a few um, candidates that responded to the campaigns or promotional campaigns by the department. However, at the time, there were no funds that were successfully approved and dispatched as a result of these uh, and online platforms that were made available. And in our knowledge, in this particular initiative was then later transferred to the to NetBank by the department. So now the applicants, they have to go through uh, NetBank in terms of the application processes and, and, and whether then they successfully go through and then they receive the particular funds. Um, we will follow up on the progress that has been made by department, if any, during the course of the audit. We have just recently started with the 21-22 um, audit and therefore we don't really have insights for now in terms of what developments have been made and if any changes have really occurred. But in our knowledge is that now the program is run through the net bank. Um, the risk which we highlighted at the time was uh, the issue of double dipping whereby you find people or individuals that are unduly benefiting from multiple schemes, which hinders really the government initiatives or objectives to ensure that the, the programs are, are, are targeted to those that are disadvantaged and actually alleviate the issues of poverty. So you would find that there are people that are benefiting from the puzzle shop programs and also double dipping from the social development 
350 uh, grant, which is, is which is, 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 is which results to people being unduly benefiting from these schemes. And then we further highlight again that only 10 percent of the Spaza shop budget was uh, utilized and successfully dispatched to um, the deserving uh, beneficiaries. On the case of the debt relief uh, program, 100% of the available budget was made available to deserving participants, which uh, supported about 1,144 small, medium enterprises, thereby protecting and saving jobs of about 16,544 South African uh, residents or individuals which is really a great deal, uh, Chairperson. And also we're highlighting again that only 3% of the applicants could be assisted. And as I've already alluded, this just further highlights the, 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 the job that still needs to be done by the Department of Small Business in assisting small enterprises. Um, moving to the next slide, uh, we had made recommendations, uh, Chairperson, um, for, 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 for the department to implement such that there can be a turnaround on the audit outcome, on the audit outcomes that were presented as part of the DRRR presentations, one of which we mentioned that there is a required agency by management to respond to the risks as well as the control deficiencies that are identified through the audit process. Um, Chairperson, as management now are going to embark on preparation for the submission of the annual financial statements um, for 21-22, so the relevant uh, bodies or assurance providers need to stay close to the process and understand that the issues that were highlighted as risks in the prior year have been really addressed and the, and the outcomes thereof have been achieved. Furthermore, we highlighted Chairperson, the heightened need by management to monitor and review supporting evidence in support of the achievements that are reported in the annual, in annual performance report. This also can be done by ensuring these um, annual performance reports are completed within time such that internal audit can be given an opportunity to review and express there uh, and, and provide an assurance on whether the information presented is actually uh, in accordance with the relevant framework in terms of performance reporting. So um, 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 perhaps the, the management can look into saying they have to target to complete the, the, the preparation and their necessary verifications by a particular period, which should give internal audit sufficient time to then also perform procedures to be able to provide assurance on the reliability of the annual performance reports that are being produced within the portfolio. And um, Chairperson, we further highlighted that uh, there was absence of post-site uh, visits, which might have been a, a, a attributable to the lockdown restrictions, as we were still under, on instances, we were still under hard lockdown restrictions. However, Chairperson, then that meant there's a risk that the department is losing out on the opportunity to ensure that um, the relevant funds that are made available or financial assistance is actually achieving the intended purpose and the desired impact and the, and the impact thereof can be seen on the lived experiences of the public. And that information could be further used to reflect 
on the initiatives that are put together by the department to see if they are actually being effective in addressing the plight of uh, the South African. Chairperson, you also uh, highlighted the issue of vacancies that are, being, uh, are not being timely filled, um, which we are still going to reflect upon when we go to the, to the segment for our status on their commitments and recommendations. We further also highlighted the need and, and importance to track action plans that have been designed to address and respond to the risk and, and, and deficiencies in internal controls to prevent the reoccurrence of our findings as something that was noted in the, in the previous uh, financial cycle when we audited that uh, recurring findings were still coming through in terms of the audit issues that were reported in the 2020-21 uh, cycle. So at Chaperson, we reflected that as a status, there was still a low response in terms of the, from the Department of Small Business as well as CEDA in terms of addressing issues that were previously reported as they were recurring. And this is something we will be able to confirm whether it has been resolved or not when we complete the execution of the audit for 21-22 financial cycle. And further, Chairperson, on the issue of vacancies in the office of uh, CEDA relating to the CFO, CEO, and, and CIO and the other positions, those positions still remain vacant. And the envisaged um, measure between uh, the, 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 the small enterprise uh, uh, finance agency as well as the cooperative development agency. Um, we've been made aware that uh, the department requested an extension from the um, cabinet as they are still busy with the process of uh, putting together the enabling legislation, which uh, then means uh, the, 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 these vacancies remain um, uh, remain in the, in, in the institutions and the desired impact in terms of ensuring that these institutions are sufficiently resourced with skilled and, and capable individuals to, to execute and take forward the mandate of the entity, that particular then um, objective may not have been achieved as a 31 March 2022, which is something that we expect to see coming through as a result in, in terms of uh, issues that we'll be identifying uh, in, 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 the, in, in the process of the audit for 21-22. And uh, Chairperson, we also are confirmed that action plans were designed and they are being implemented and monitored. However, the impact and the effectiveness thereof will only be confirmed upon us completing the execution of the audit for the period of 21-22. So as, as, as it stands, we're just aware that the action plans were designed and they are being implemented as well as monitored. However, we're looking forward to access the effectiveness thereof in the form of not realizing new audit findings as well as not uh, identifying recurring findings. And then moving to the next slide. Um, Chairperson, as I've already mentioned, that there was an issue of uh, absence of post-site visits. We then uh, recommended that the accounting officer should ensure that this uh, particular post-site visits take place. And whenever they occur, the relevant supporting documents should be kept in place 
such that the the, uh, the, the achievements and the, the, the information that will be presented in the annual performance report can be substantiated with valid supporting evidence to confirm validity, accuracy, and completeness thereof. Uh, we further just uh, recommended to the minister that he, the minister should request the accounting officer to account and give feedback on the progress and, and, and the progress as well as implementation of audit action plans. And with, with emphasis on, on, on effectiveness thereof to ensure that then the department achieves and improves in terms of the audit outcomes as well as um, the methods of service delivery. Um, coming to um, the recommendations that were made to accounting officers as well as uh, accounting other authorities from the relevant public um, entities, we further recommended that the um, uh, accounting officers and authorities should really place um, emphasis on the design and implementation of appropriate preventative controls, which are also going to cover extensively on the slide uh, around guidance on preventative controls. And we uh, encourage that there must be effective review of the internal controls on annual financial statements. This is also something that is done through the internal audit as part of their responsibility. Internal audit is responsible to review internal controls and reports to the audit committee. And then the accounting officer can use there's those insights to drive and improve the internal controls within the institution to ensure that the department or the institution is able to drive and implement the mandate thereof, as well as ensure adequate reporting in terms of financial reporting, as well as annual performance reporting. Um, then we further um, raised uh, the, the, the importance of developing and closely monitoring the action plans, which have confirmed now that they have been developed, they are being implemented. And um, as, 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 as of now, we will then only be able to confirm uh, effectiveness of when we complete the execution of the audit for 21-22. On the issues of consequence management, we recommended that whenever there's instances that of non-compliance or lack of performance, then consequence management must be applied. And uh, the consequence management is not necessarily intended to get people fired, but rather to equip and rebuild and address areas of concern. Because after having uh, implemented the necessary consequence management, the accounting officers will be able to understand the shortcomings and the reasons uh, behind those shortcomings, such that then the teams can be provided and with the necessary training, equipping them to be able to execute their duties to the best of their ability. And obviously, in instances where there's um, intentional um, malpractice, then the accounting officer can take the necessary actions. And then lastly, we recommended that vacancies must be filled timelessly to avoid um, the necessary skills not being available to help the institutions advance the implementation of their mandate. And Chairperson, uh, moving to the next slide, we also had recommendations for the portfolio committee, whereby we recommended that um, the, 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 the committee should follow up with the executive authority as well as the accounting officer 
on the progress that has been made in the implementation of audit action plans, monitor the, 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 the vacancy rates within the different institutions within the, the portfolio of small business, and also ensure that compliance with legislation matters are being addressed and the re relevant controls are being put in place to then avoid further incurring any instances of non-compliances that are avoidable. And we also, um, uh, as, a, as a recommendation to the portfolio committee, indicated that uh, the committee should follow up on the issue of mitigation of controls in response to the cyber risk that was identified at CEDA. At so um, we also encourage the culture of consequence management that should be enforced within the portfolio to ensure that there's understanding that lack of performance and non-compliance will not be tolerated. And in the event that um, uh, resources or staff need to be capacitated, they are then provided with the necessary uh, training to equip themselves such that they are able to perform their day-to-day duties. And where there's malpractice, then consequences uh, in accordance with the policies of the department are, being, are applied. And moving to the next uh, slide, Chairperson, we then have a guide on preventative control. <clears throat> Sorry. So the importance of this slide uh, on preventative guidelines is to ensure that we support the committee by empowering the members and 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 sharing information that such that the members are, are, are enabled to ask appropriate actions and hold the, the officials from the institutions within the portfolio accountable. So uh, Chaperson, if I may move to the next slide, um, <clears throat> preventative controls are mechanisms, procedures that are put in place to assist Steer the direction and the activities that are undertaken by the departments or by the entities to ensure that ultimately at the end of the day, the objective and the mandate of the institutions are being achieved. So as part of this uh, preventative controls, institutions must have certain business processes to ensure that there's understanding of how things are being done. There's resources in terms of people that have the skills and the experience and the know-how in terms of how to execute those particular uh, duties within their area of responsibility. For example, within the supply chain management uh, unit, there must be sufficiently skilled people that have the knowledge and understanding of the relevant enabling legislation that drives supply chain management. And the, the, as such, then the department needs to be intentional about the annual procurement plan and not put it together, put it together as, a, as, a, as a means of compliance exercise, but rather with understanding that any uh, matters that are outside of emergency will not then be included in, in, in terms of annual uh, of procurement if they are not in the annual performance uh, procurement plan. This helps the department um, steer away from instances or opportunities for uh, officials to then end up resulting or causing non-compliances. There should also be a, a, a proper monitoring of legislations and where there's amendments, these amendments should then be brought to the forefront such that the relevant policies and procedures are updated to um, 
to, to, to drive and implement the updated and, 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 and amended uh, key legislation. Uh, as, a, as an example, there was an, an update on the irregular expenditure framework, which would then necessitate an update on the irregular expenditure policy and, and, and all the other policies that are impacted by that particular framework to respond to those uh, particular um, requirements in terms of the revised irregular expenditure framework. And then the department would have to put together the respective committees that would be responsible for um, evaluation of the bids and adjudication of those bids in line with their delegation, which would have been uh, provided to them by the accounting officer. And in the event where there's deviations, these deviations should only be under the strict conditions that are allowed in the treasury regulations, which are only limited to emergencies and, uh, and, and instances where the particular service provider is a sole provider for that particular service or, 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 or those goods. And Chairperson, uh, then the relevant assurance providers should play the role of interrogating and ensuring that um, non-compliance compli- is being adhered to at all times. It's not something that is tolerated, and, uh, uh, and when it does happen, that there's non-compliance, consequence management is applied, and there should also be um, um, contract management. So from the beginning, when contract is being awarded, then these contracts should be recorded in the contract register, which would be maintained and updated regularly from the date of the award to the time when money is being spent and when it's going to expire, such that when the time for expiration is coming up soon, then the the department can start with the relevant processes to procure and ensure that there are no non-compliances as a result of poor project management. But of further importance with contract management, uh, Chairperson, is to ensure that there's uh, performance monitoring to ensure that service providers are adhering and delivering on their services that they have been committed to. And when they fail to provide those services, then the, the, the department or the institutions are able to hold them accountable. Then moving to payments, there should be segregation of duties from the people that are responsible for supply chain management to the people that then process payments. So there will be a person responsible to receive the particular services and certify that those services as having been received and therefore the relevant uh, claims against the department being valid. And then the other officials will be responsible for processing the payments and capturing them on the system. And there should be other people that are responsible for reviewing these particular payments on the system. And also control surrounding the system of payments, whereby access is limited based on the responsibilities and the authority that is allowed Pay of pay official or individual within their area of responsibilities, and then there should also be policies for asset management. And um, just in a nutshell, with asset management and liability management, the the, the assets there's a, there's a requirement in the PFMA for uh, accounting offices to ensure safeguarding of assets. So drive that an asset management policy, people that are responsible really to, from time to time, perform fiscal verification of assets as well as perform reconciliation of the fixed asset register to the relevant records. And then lastly, Chairperson, there's revenue management, which is not so much of a significant issue for the Department of Small Business as a, as a, as a separate institution, but rather maybe for 
consider and see if this may be relevant, where um, um, the institutions are required to ensure that um, um, they have the, 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 they collect all the monies that are due to the institutions to ensure that the fiscal has the relevant funds to, to discharge the mandates and the objectives of government. So with preventative controls, we then have key role players in terms of ensuring strong control environment. And, 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 and that starts with senior management through the delegations that they receive from um, the accounting officer. Management are responsible for preparing the financial statements, annual performance reports, and, and, and ensure compliance with applicable laws within their areas of responsibility. And as such, they need to establish and maintain adequate internal controls over financial reporting, annual performance reporting, as well as compliance management, which is, is informed by uh, ensuring that there's sufficiently skilled and experienced resources that are, are, are discharging those duty, duties on the day-to-day -day basis. There's also systems put in place for purposes of financial reporting and your performance reporting, which really assist the department in driving and ensuring clean administration and ensuring that the reports that are produced in terms of financials are, are in compliance with the relevant reporting frameworks as well as uh, performance framework. And there should also be policies that explain in terms of the guides that need to be followed when the officials are executing their duties. And from time to time, they, they, these officials will have to receive um, a training to assist them to ensure uh, that they are performing their duties within their relevant line of duty. And then we have the slide on fundamentals, fundamentals of strong preventative controls, whereby leadership should inspire a culture of ethical behavior and commitment to good governance. Um, I think I mentioned earlier that consequence management is key to ensure that there's understanding that, that um, um, non-compliances and lack of performance will not be tolerated in the portfolio. So this helps uh, really position the leadership in terms of, uh, of, of sending the message that um, the culture of ethical behavior and commitment is, is, is a non-negotiable. And there should also be adequately and sufficiently skilled officials as I have alluded in terms of the office of the CFO, the uh, person responsible for collating and, and, and verifying annual performance information and ultimately put together the consolidated reports in terms of the annual performance report, policies and procedures being made available, and then the, 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 the systems that are then made available to ensure that um, um, the, 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 the drive to implement controls around financial reporting and annual performance report are sufficiently and adequately uh, resourced. And then moving to, I think, what is going to be our last section of the presentation. Um, as part of our enhanced powers and responsibilities as the Office of the Auditor General, we are now driving the presentation of what we call accountability ecosystem. The accountability ecosystem is to assist the committee to understand the role of the auditor general as well as, as, as an assurance provider, as well as the role of other assurance providers in addressing matters of service delivery. Um, and an audit opinion alone cannot be used as a measure to determine achievement 
of service delivery and the resultant impact on the lived experiences of the general public. As the Office of the Auditor General, when we perform the audit of greater demand objectives on whether indicators are smart in terms of usefulness and the reported achievements can be verified against supporting evidence, which we call a reliability thereof. We, however, do not express any opinion on the achievement of the um, particular service delivery targets. We just simply note that the particular achievements should be read together with the findings which would have included in the audit report, such that users of the annual performance report understand whether the information being provided is useful or not. So in the accountability ecosystem, we have um, members such as the senior management, which I've already alluded that they are responsible for the preparation of the annual financial statements, annual performance report, as well as uh, ensuring compliance with applicable legislation within their areas of uh, responsibility. But over and above that, you also have the internal auditors and internal auditors have a responsibility to provide assurance on the adequacy of internal controls of the department to enable a conducive environment to discharge and achieve the mandate of the Department of Small Business, CIGA, CIFA, and all the institutions within the portfolio. So um, uh, these, uh, the, the, the internal audit the, the internal auditors then are in a position to be able to 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 to, act, to come before the portfolio committee and account on the state of uh, internal controls within the institutions to assist and equip the members with information in terms of holding the officials of the department responsible. And from time to time, we've 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 um observed as the auditor general that internal auditors on, on, on account, they either do not receive um, um, information on time to be able to discharge their responsibilities in other institutions in general, or they, they are, their recommendations are not taken seriously by, by management. So it would also give them an opportunity to raise those matters before the portfolio committee and would assist the committee in ensuring um, that uh, the, 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 the department and the relevant institutions are being held accountable for lack of implementation of recommendations for internal audit or for not making information available. And this is something that is applicable to government as a whole, not specifically to the Department of Small Business. And further on that, we also have the audit committee, and the audit committee really needs to understand the mandate and the business processes of the department. They, they need to interrogate and give guidance as well as input on the design plans of, of, the, of the institution to ensure achievement of the, the relevant mandate such that they can analyze and understand if these plans are adequate, they're in a position to be able to ensure the improvement in terms of um, small, small and medium enterprises or um, the rural and township uh, um, uh, 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 economies, as an example. Furthermore, we also have the Department of Monitoring and Planning, which can also be called upon. The particular department is responsible for, um, at, at times, analyzing annual performance reports and strategic plans of different institutions and, and provide uh, input in terms of whether these plans are, are, are appropriate 
to achieve the National Development Plan with the, with the assistance of the Department of Presidency. So they do make recommendations, but as to whether their recommendations are being implemented or not, that is something which they do not have powers over. So if they are given an opportunity to come before the portfolio committee, then they can they can enlighten the committee as to whether the plans of within the portfolio are adequate to help drive the, the, the achievement and the implementation of the National Development Plan. And also um, uh, we've noted that the Department of uh, Planning and Monitoring has also evaluated the performance of government against the National Development, Development Plan from where they've noted that government is really far behind in terms of um, achieving the objectives and the goals as outlined in the National Development Plan. And with that, it would assist if the portfolio committee gives them an opportunity to really say if there's anything that can be done within the portfolio to help fast track the implementation of these uh, initiatives that are, are set to achieve the National Development Plan as well as the goals and, 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 and see then the impact on the lived experiences where we will see growth on the township and rural economies where you will see small medium enterprises thriving and where we envisage to see the economy really growing and, and, and us building from here moving forward. And uh, Chairperson, um, I think I have come to the end of my presentation. And thank you very much for the opportunity. So I will stop here and then take direction from you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, um, from the AG, it's very comprehensive. Now I will invite uh, members to engage with the presentation. Members, here we have the report. Um, the report uh, reflects um, the second installment since December 2021. Um, uh, I see two hands, so let me record. It's Honorable Hendricks and then Honorable De Villiers in that order. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Acting Chair and Whip, uh, for chairing uh, the meeting and the way you're adding this meeting, and we wish you everything of the best for the rest of this very important session. And we know that you'll make the cut. Honorable, Honorable Chair, uh, I'd like to thank uh, the Auditor General for the report. And um, we really depend on them because uh, Shida and Shifa uh, our constituency officers, not only in the Western Cape, but in other parts of the country, uh, accused them of fraud and corruption and all kinds of things that we all know about. And we understand there are quite a number of disciplinary taking place. It is my job and the other honorable members to play oversight. And that's why, um, and also to promote uh, and also let the people take people, the parliament to the people, take the opportunities from small business uh, to the people. And you, Chief Work, have been doing that in the Cape Flats. And sometimes, you know, we did it jointly. 
uh, Aljamaas also done it uh, on its own. We got the deputy uh, minister to come to Mitchell's Plain. We had two sessions which we sponsored. We paid for the venues, the meals, uh, the transport. Uh, outside of Western Cape, we also had several um, uh, uh, of these sessions where uh, Shida was so kind to come out and explain to the community what they can apply for in terms of loans and grants and opportunities. Yeah, so so it was also agreed that parliamentary constituency officers must extend the footprint of CEDA, which is largely information educational. So we've done that. And once we have brought everything together, we leave everything in the hands of CEDA and later CIFA. As a, we, this is none political party stuff. We, it's a parliamentary constituency office. People come from all different political parties to the events. We don't ask them which political party they come from. And I think you will do the same. Uh, so we had, um, to cut a long story short, uh, as a result of uh, all these interventions, uh, 10 people uh, were chosen from the Cape Flats who best qualified uh, for uh, grants or loans. So I played my oversight role and, and watched this from the outside. And we discovered that CIFA in the Western Cape is still very corrupt. The person that CIDA obviously refers the applications to CIFA and they take it forward. So CIDA sent the best 10 applicants of the 100 that we had to CIFA. And we were monitoring it very closely because that's my oversight role. And we found that CIFA, uh, the person that represented CIFA in the CIFA office in Cape Town, uh, in our view, uh, was corrupt. And those 10 applicants, uh, one of them gave a statement on how corrupt CIFA is. And we gave that statement to the leadership in CIFA and CIDA in Cape Town. And we hope they're going to act on it uh, because uh, I don't want to go into the details, but it's the most corrupt that I've personally now observed, and there's a statement. We've got the name of the person who gave the statement, his contact details. We are not investigators, uh, Honorable Chair, but we've given it to the, uh, to the um, Mr. Kunta of CIDA, who told us which person of CIFA is the culprit, and uh, we even engaged him. And we just hope that uh, something will be done about it. So coming back to the Auditor General, how can the Auditor General have action, audit action plans to prevent this type of thing on the ground? I know you do your audits at set times, but in between these audits, all this corruption takes place, and I can't expect you uh, to, to, to pick up everything. And that's why honorable members have an important role to play and we've heard about this corruption of CIFA, but we had no tangible case study. Here we've got a case study of 10 people, and at least one of them have explained to us just how corrupt CIFA is. So please, I want this to be noted, 
and uh, Shifa, I hope he sh- she, Shifa is in the meeting, the leadership, and I hope they will take action. Uh, there has been a lot of improvement uh, with Shida and Shifa, and uh, we are, are, are very happy about that, but that it's, it seems here in Cape Town that they are so caught up. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you. Thank you, um, Honorable Hendricks. Certainly that is uh, serious allegations and we hope we can uh, be able to get feedback on that. Honorable Duvalis. Thank you, Chairperson, and good morning, Honorable Members and uh, all others attending the meeting. Um, I would just like to say that according to, to this report, and this is how I understand it, 316 million um, rand was spent on the debt relief finance scheme, but there was a budget of 513 million rand. So that's a 61% spend. Um, on the Spaza Shop Support Program, um, I think there's a 10% spend. So uh, this is obviously a, a quite remarkably uh, sad state of affairs when um, you know there's there's business that needs to be dished out to small business. There's money that needs to be and funds that needs to be dished out to small businesses and spaza shops to assist them, and it just doesn't reach them. Um, uh, so I would like to just understand what what recommendations because I I didn't see any specific recommendations um, by the AG is being done um, and what is the root cause of why this is happening um, is this is is this corruption is it just um, uh, in you know what is the problem here why is the money not reaching these people and then secondly um, I would like to know from the AG the businesses and the that were helped the people that did receive money were those lists verified and audited by the auditor general do we know who the businesses are? Because the committee has, has not been privy to that information, even though we have asked it um, on various uh, occasions. Um, so does the AG have a list of all the businesses and their directors and their shareholders and their names um, that were helped by the debt relief finance scheme and that were helped by the Father's Shop Support Program? Um, and was that list audited? Was was uh, the legitimacy of those businesses um, uh, uh, confirmed? Um, then uh, a second issue in the legacy report that was uh, given to 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 this uh, committee, um, the, which is now the sixth parliament c- uh, uh, c- committee. Um, uh, it was noted that there is an outstanding forensic report from the fifth parliament on the Department of Small Business Development. Um, and to this day, we have not received this outstanding forensic report that is supposed to be done by the AG. Um, when can we expect this forensic report to be finalized? And when can we expect to see it? Um, and then lastly, um, the report talks about the important f- uh, filling of key vacant positions which should be filled, which I think we can all agree with. Um, important positions like CEO and CFO or any executive positions, um, leadership positions need to be filled and need to not be vacant and need to not be temporary. Um, but what I don't see in the report is an actual list saying 
these are the key positions which are currently vacant, which we uh, recommend should urgently be filled. So can the AG just maybe um, shed some light on what are those key positions which are still vacant, which needs to be filled? With that, Chairperson, I thank you. Thank you, Honorable um, De Villiers. I note uh, the next following hands, uh, uh, Honorable Bridget Lomilang and Honorable Heinrich April. And then also, um, I, uh, yeah, those are the two hands. Uh, is I see a Mr. Butelli, um, but we'll come back to that. For now, uh, Honorable Bridget Lomilang, the floor is yours. Truly. No, truly, truly, truly. Okay. A noted um, honorable question, truly. Thank you, Chair. Good morning. I hope. Am I audible? Yes, you're audible, and we can also see you very clearly. Please proceed. Okay. Well, thank you, Chair. Let me also start by appreciating the report from the uh, AG's office, Chairperson. But, however, Chair, in my accepting the report the number of issues that I've uh, picked through the where Mr. De Villers left it. On the issue of my interest basically is on the support to small businesses. Uh, Chairperson, during the presentation, I learned that one, 513 million was budgeted for and only 316 million was utilized, which means there is under expenditure. Also the same applies to spaza shops of which the allocation of 175 million was allocated and uh, uh, not all, only 18 uh, expenditure is only 18 uh, million. My question chairperson on this one is, I want to check because there is under expenditure and generally we have a problem whereby our small businesses, including the spaza shops are suffering. They don't get enough support. In one of the slides I've picked that the, only 10% did manage to get the support program from the department and the entities. So I just want to check chairperson with the AG that is it possible for us to redirect these funds because they were allocated specifically for the two programs. Because to me, my worry is we must not allow the money that is that is to be taken back, whereas our people and small businesses are suffering. We must understand the remedial action, the actual action, Chairperson. And I think this report is an eye-opener because when you look at the challenges, I think initially we had a problem whereby we were saying that most of the spaza shops are owned by foreigners. But our constituencies have done a lot of work. We have encouraged people uh, to own their spaza shops and so that we are able to assist them through the offices. But this thing of online platform, Chairperson, we need to utilize the uh, constituency offices, uh, the district uh, model, working with the local municipalities because our people are used to contact. This thing of online uh, system application is not helping. I think uh, maybe the AG office can advise us how best can we deal with it. My second uh, question, Chair, which is my last one, Lent on the slides that funds were approved supporting 114 for uh, SMMEs, and, and projecting that uh, the 16,544 jobs were supposed to be created. How does the AG chairperson 
going to help us how to check the, the reliability of this uh, job creation according to the uh, speculated number. And do we have any remedial actions? Can they help us? Which uh, actions can we take and advise us? Because I saw the remedial actions. To me, they are not speaking actually what is the exact that is the department and the entities are intending to do with all this crisis and under expenditure, whereas small businesses are dying every day. Is it realistic that if we could have supported that uh, uh, 1,144 SMMEs, could they have created 16,544 jobs? If it's realistic, then what is the problem that we didn't support those uh, 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 SMMEs? What is it that can be done so that we're able to create this 16,544 jobs? Thank you, Chair. Thank you, um, Honorable April. Chairperson, thank you for the opportunity. I would like to firstly welcome the report as it has been given to our, uh, by our Auditor General. And I would like to thank her that in the small space of time that she's been appointed that she has also come up with such a comprehensive report that could cover many aspects that has been of concern to the portfolio committees both in the, the, the fifth administration and coming over to the sixth administration. However, one would take it that it would be that the, 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 the purpose of the, of the Auditor General is to report to us as far as what is the findings in the department and the other most of the questions that has been asked to the Auditor General is actually questions that I would say should have been answered by the departments, by the department as it were. I am particularly concerned and want to raise this uh, uh, unequivocally in this portfolio committee, that when we do come with questions that, that relates to uh, corruption or malfeasance in any state department, we have the fiduciary responsibility upon ourselves to ensure that these are reported to the police and that investigations take place on we should not come onto the onto the platform and just broadly uh, uh, um, say that people are corrupt without going to the police, opening charges against them. I think it's part of our fiduciary responsibility as parliamentarians to represent our people in all on all spheres. You must remember that there's three hands of government, and one of them is the the judiciary, which should be used uh, when we are going to label a. Uh, um, anyone is being corrupt. I would like to, however, ask the Auditor General to explain to us um, how she would rate the consequence management and accountability in the department. Um, the, 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 the consequence management seems like people can do just what they want and they underspend in some places overspend and there must be consequences. And I would just want the Auditor General to explain to us um, the accountability mechanism for consequence management, how does it look like in the department? In the AG's view, the department reported in our last, uh, in, in our last meeting that it obtained a clean audit for non-financial performance, but not for the financial performance. The department seems to be struggling to obtain a clean audit on the financial performance. What could be the root cause of this? What kind of capacity or resources do they need in the department to ensure their financial performances are clean. When we are, when we speak about that department, we are speak, not speaking. We are specifically referring to the small enterprise, uh, to CIFA, 
when we talk about finances, but as a, it, is, it is overseen by the department as a whole. So AG, as I, as I would have it, I, I wanna thank you for, for, for reporting to the portfolio committee. I think most of the questions that we have this morning should have been answered by the department itself, but your report is absolutely uh, welcome. Let me just say lastly, uh, I, I, I have heard about the appointment of independent, uh, of independent forensic investigators that has investigated. Do you have such a report in your, in your, in your, in your, uh, that information that you got from the independent forensic investigations? I thank you. Thank you, thank you, Honorable April. Um, uh, Honorable Kosili Tulu. Uh, thank you, thank you, Chair. Uh, some other questions were, were, were have been asked already. I, I will not ask more than what what would it's is asked by my colleagues, but. Uh, to you, Chair, sometimes you can give me an uh, a advice. Uh, how, where can you complain if a, a person is applied and then their application is turned down, although the business is viable, but uh, some no, nobody want to listen, like CIFA, uh, and, and see that. How can we do it about? Only that question, said because uh, directed to you, because uh, that one is specific from, to the government. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Kosile uh, Tuli. Um, let me try to, to answer your question and then I'll hand over to the, to the AG. I think I just want to also comment um, uh, before we give to, to the AG that uh, I think there's a lot of questions um, and we want to thank you for the report. Um, and I think for us, uh, the report does give us valuable insights. Um, certainly as this portfolio committee, we want stronger consequence management. Uh, we are concerned about the under expenditure. Um, you know, access to finance for people is is very important, and uh, it's almost a sin. Uh, in fact, I think all of us, I can speak on behalf of all of us, where we say that if money has been budgeted for and it's not been spent, um, South Africans are, are are wary, and we pay our, our officials um, uh, good money so that they can be diligent in spending the money. So these two portfolios, uh, we are concerned that. Um, uh, access to finance had to come through the the the, the department and the agencies. Um, we are concerned that the money wasn't spent. We also are concerned that the banks, the the, the big banks, also didn't provide necessary support for uh, small business during the COVID period. The president did have the presidential stimulus package of two hundred billion rand should be made available, accessible loans. And our banks also didn't come to the party on on, on this. Uh, we are concerned about the the Spaza shop program because we want South Africans to buy South African products it at a local level in our townships, in our dorpies, in our villages. Uh, 
And so therefore we are, uh, we are appreciative that it started, I think 50% out of the 9,000 applicants of, of uh, uh, the Spaza shops, about 5,000 have been approved and 4,000 have not been approved. And I think, uh, uh, Honorable Kosi uh, Lituli's question about where do small business find recourse if they get rejected or they don't get a positive answer from SIFA uh, and CEDA? What is the recourse? And I think as this portfolio committee, I think we must be that recourse. So, um, Honorable Nkosi Lituli, if you can give the specifics to our officials in this portfolio, portfolio committee, just like uh, Honorable Hanif, if you can also share with our portfolio committee the allegations of mismanagement and corruption, we will, as part of our um, oversight responsibility as this portfolio committee with all of you as our members, we will certainly follow up. I think there's a strong agreement that consequence management must happen. Um, so I think uh, we will get an opportunity to engage all of these questions to the uh, to the relevant authorities and accounting officers, the DG, the ministers. But I think today's session is just for us as members to to get direct feedback from the from the AG. So we welcome you, Miss um, uh, um, uh, uh, Patignani, um, from the AG's office uh, for your report, and we now invite you to to provide uh, responses or further clarities as members have outlined. Thank you. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, through you, I think I want to re-emphasize that this installment of the report was uh, first published and tabled by the Auditor General in December 2020. So that is the 2020-21 financial cycle. And the status Call that was presented as part of the DPR presentation was as at 31 March 2021. So, uh, Tepesen, if we then go back and, and, and address the questions that have been asked by the members, the first one relating to the recommendations and action plans that should be put in place to prevent corruption and fraud. As a start and a general rule, prevention of corruption and fraud is not the responsibility or the man within the mandate of the Auditor General. It is a duty that is assigned to the accounting officer through the PFMA legislative requirements from which they need to put in place uh, systems and policies in place that um, um, uh, promote uh, ethical behavior and, 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 and really uh, go about making available platforms where corruption can be reported and instances that have been uh, reported in, in terms of allegations are then followed up and investigated and based on the outcomes of those investigations, then the, um, the accounting officer would implement the necessary recommendations from the report, which could range from your disciplinary processes and recovery of the funds where applicable. So as the audit Office of the Auditor General, and this uh, being a, a, a risk that is now raised in this platform, we then have a responsibility to go back and design procedures to respond to this particular risk. As part of this um, initiative or task, we assess management implementation of consequence management to say this 
this was something that was brought to your attention. What have you done to address it? And once the non-compliance is confirmed as being valid, we then as our added powers in terms of the PAA amendment, which came into effect in one April 2019, we then have to take those matters of uh, non-compliance through the material irregularity processes to see if um, they are, 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 are met or not, whereby then if they are met, we would then start issuing a material irregularity notifications to the accounting officer. As at this moment, um, the Department of Small Business as well as the relevant entities are not scoped in for implementation of these PAA amendments. However, in the event that we come across a non-compliance or an act that warrants us to really explore the PAA amendments uh, regulations and the powers that have been made available to us. It does not, that does not prevent us from then applying it and, and taking it through these processes from which if confirmed to be valid, we would then have to issue that material irregularity to the accounting officer and bring it to the attention of all oversight role players, such as yourselves, as well as other um, role players including the executive authority i think uh, this that that's 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 the, uh, the 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 gist of our responsibilities when it comes to this area of responsibility and then coming to the expenditure of um the budget which was made available for initiatives relating to debt relief uh, uh, schemes as well as the spaza shop support program and the um, on, on, the, on the debt relief support program, we indicated that about uh, 300 million on average was spent because that's the amount as as a debt as a December 2020 when we presented the uh, second installment of um, um, uh, installment of the special report that had, had been made available to us as part of the audit process. So therefore that was verified and, and confirmed to be to to have have um, complied with the relevant processes and policies that were put in place in terms of the application framework, the approval process, and then the money being made available to the deserving participants. However, as of 31 March, we then confirmed that 100 percent of that budget was dispatched to the deserving beneficiaries. And that formed part of the normal audit processes, which we, we performed as part of our audit. And on that, we provided reasonable assurance that no issues of material misstatement were identified in terms of the reporting accounting framework, which is the modified cash standards in the, in the, in the case of the department. So that particular uh, budget was spent uh, uh, overall as a whole and was made available to the deserving participants, except unfortunately it was only about 3% of the applicants that submitted that could successfully be supported through that initiative. And we've, we, we've alluded to the challenges which that represents because it, mean, it means about 97 of those then still remained without the required support. And it means those employees that were dependent on that scheme or that we had wished would be paid based on that scheme potentially lost their jobs, which further and, and, and increases the plight of unemployment within the country. And that is not a really desirable picture that we want to see. Then coming to the issue of spaza shops, whereby only 10% was discharged and made available to the applicants. So with each uh, 
initiative or funding that is made available chairperson, there needs to be processes that have to be followed to ensure that the applicant validates that this is actually a special shop that is in existence. It's not um, just uh, established to take advantage of these funds and abuse them and then not follow up and really um, continue in business because that was the whole point of supporting special shops is to ensure though that though there is these um, hard lockdown restrictions and the conditions that uh, are, 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 are being experienced but they are still able to continue in business and be able to provide the relevant supplies to their communities within their lo- location so as, as part of those processes the department would have reviewed the applications and for reasons uh, 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 which can be non-compliant with some of the stipulations or conditions that were 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 made uh, were made on the application process or failure to support the relevant adequate supporting evidence. Then some of them were 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 not successfully uh, approved for awarding the um, funds relating to Paza Shop Support uh, Initiative. And also, uh, as, a, as a root cause, I think I mentioned in my presentation that there was a challenge with regards to uptake of the initiative and applications that were received from potential um, service providers or individuals that have sponsor shops and that would like the assistance in terms of uh, these funds being made available to them. The, the department went as far as making the platforms available online to assist with the process of application as at the time movement was limited to a certain extent. However, there was also really not a much uptake from the public in terms of the applications that were received. And unfortunately, those that actually submitted, they also did not meet the conditions that were set about to govern and regulate this uh, process of awarding support to spaza shops within the rural and, and township uh, locations. So with that, Chepesin, um, we at this stage as the Office of the Auditor General do not have an update in terms of what might have transpired since the last time we engaged the department in terms of this particular initiative, which was at 31 March. So there might be more information that is available from the side of the department, which they can assist to bring about to say, has perhaps now the department been able to uh, discharge up to what percentage of the budget that was made available? And um, I think the, there was also a question to say, is it possible to redirect these funds to um, uh, other initiatives that are targeted to advance these particular um, communities? Uh, Chairperson, I, I did mention that the program itself was then shifted or moved to NetBank, which is a financial institution, and there's a financial institution. They already have processes in place and internal controls to assist them with the process of application and, and approve, approval, as well as award of uh, these financial schemes. And also, as a, as a, as a secondary um a role, then they can also monitor that these these funds are being used for the intended purpose. Chairperson, I hope I've, I've done justice to that particular question, and members can perhaps also uh, follow up with the department in terms of where they are with with this uh, particular program, especially this Paza Shop Support Program. And um, I, I do 
recall, I, I do uh, recall or have knowledge that the, the department does continue to support small businesses and other initiatives other than the debt uh, relief financial scheme. There's also incentives that are being made available through the programs of the department, which we will also be able to provide insights and in, in, in terms of how those have, have been implemented and if the funds have been made available to the public and if the public has really enjoyed the benefits of these funds and the support of the department when we complete the 21-22 uh, financial cycle execution of the audit. And then there was a question around uh, forensic report from the Auditor General. Chairperson, I have to apologize and request for your indulgence on this one. I'll have to go back and uh, gather my bearings in terms of the status quo on that one as me being new in the position, I had no knowledge or prior knowledge of this particular uh, information. And then at a later stage, once we have, um, I've managed to gather that information, we'll write back to the portfolio committee and give uh, the status quo in terms of that process of uh, forensic investigation. And then there was a question around vacancies and, and, and us perhaps not really indicating which positions were vacant. And on slide... Eight, Chairperson, paragraph two of the status quo. We mentioned that at CEDA, the position of the CFO, the position of the CEO, CIO, as well as the head of strategic planning, head of supply chain management, uh, remain vacant. While at the at, at the Department of Small Business, there were two positions in the in the level of DDGs that were also uh, vacant, as well as a chief director position. So we, we did specify PEPs. Uh, I, I did not go through them in detail to confirm that these are the positions which we are making reference to when we talk about vacancies that are not being timely filled. And I did also mention that as a, as a, as a, as a, as a status quo, we have also been made aware, even though this is something we have not verified on our own, that the department requested an extension in terms of the merger that was planned between small enterprise finance agency as well as the cooperative bank development agency into the small enterprise development agency as at 1 April 2022. Since the department is still busy with um, the enabling legislation and as such, then the, 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 the feeling of those positions for now has been uh, put into, uh, 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 has been paused really such that the, the merger can then take place and a new structure for the uh, for the small enterprise development agency would then be put together in its new transformed uh, 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 platform and mandate chairperson. And then there was a remedial action um, relating to the understanding which is noted on this as a shops program because I've, I've explained that the debt relief program the money was used up to 100% of the available budget uh there's uh there's there's there's, there's two things I, I wouldn't necessarily say the department has not done what they were supposed to do they've they've taken initiatives to promote and market the available um uh, funds and initiatives within the department to assist the shops. It is up to the public to then respond and take up uh, space and apply for these particular funds such that they can be dispatched and made available to them. And um, 
when they, they, they apply, they also need to make sure that they adhere to the processes and conditions that are attached to the application process to fast check and, and make it easy for the department to approve and, 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 and have a track record in terms of the people that are benefiting and, and the validity thereof from these particular programs. However, as a recommendation, I, I do want to repeat that for me, as a, as a person that comes from a village, we, we took really a pride from local shops that we're making available all kinds of goods to the community when, when we grew up. But now, reality is that when I go back home, those shops are not in place. They're no longer there. And the buildings are just standing empty, if not being occupied by our counterparts from the neighboring um, uh, African countries. And, 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 and that is not... To, 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 to say that that is an issue, but perhaps as South Africans, we need to then, uh, the, the departments need to help intensify the drive to encourage the culture where communities understood that uh, entrepreneurship and selling small goods is a form of measure that can assist to alleviate poverty. And it is a, 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 a very honorable thing to do and job it's not necessarily that everybody needs to go and, and, and be employed for them to be able to provide for their families to partake in the economy. So uh, the, the, the recommendation from our side is that the department needs to intensify the drives where they promote the initiatives that are available, that or they need to intensify the drives to really spark interest and, and, and inspire people to partake in, in, in small businesses such as puzzle shops in the rural and township village. And then they must be supported with uh, resources as well as um, just business skills to be able to, to make sure that from buying your stock, selling it to the community, you don't then take the profits and use them immediately. You have to reinvest in your business for it to grow and thrive, to, for, 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 for it to be able to then start employing other people in the community and then all, all everyone gets to partake and participate in the economy and alleviate poverty. And also perhaps um, the, the other additional thing the department could do is to say um, um, with application processes, there can be assistance. I think one of the members did ask if perhaps the online program is, 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 is the challenge. That might be the reason. So the department does have initiatives, I think, in the in, in, in the townships, it's, it's, it's institutions or places that they call as hubs, where then people can also go there to, uh, to get assistance in terms of the application process. So those would be the recommendations on our side in terms of that particular initiative. And then um, the member also asked a question relating to us rating consequence management in the department and the accountability framework. Um, Chairperson, I think it would be unfair of me or premature to at least at this stage pronounce on the status of consequence management and accountability framework in the department without having done a thorough verification to say, this is now the condition and this is what the department has done. I did I indicate that we are at the very early stages of planning the audit for 21-22. I'll only be in a position to pronounce on the status of consequence management within the departments once we have conducted um, 
the, 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 the audit for 21-22. And perhaps at the end of my commentary, I'll also give an opportunity to my colleagues to reflect on the issues of consequence management that we had reported in 2021, if any, Mr. Kenny But for now, I'll talk to the causes for financial reporting. So the person, I think, requests for lack of adequate financial reporting and in accordance with the relevant framework, which revolves from modified cash standards as well as the GRAB, which is applicable to the public entities within the portfolio. Um, as a start, Chairperson, uh, I mentioned that management through the delegations that they receive from the accounting officer, they have a responsibility to prepare the annual financial statements. They have the responsibility to prepare um, the small day-to-day tasks that lead up to the preparation of the annual financial statements and all those events when they okay, somebody is responsible to secure evidence to support the particular transaction that has occurred, the particular event that has taken place. From there, another person is responsible to record this in 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 in, in, in the record in the financial records of the institution. And another person has a responsibility to review within management this particular record to against the, the supporting evidence that has been made available to ensure that it is actually valid, it did okay, and it relates to the financial period under which it's being, it is being reported. It is correctly classified in the nature of the event or the transaction that has taken place. Um, and, 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 and it, all the transactions that have have been uh, that have been implemented. They are in accordance with the relevant laws, and they are in the process of discharging the responsibilities of the institution. So the office of the CFO then is responsible for putting together the consolidated report, which we call the annual financial statement, which must be reviewed against the supporting evidence. And, and, and that evidence then needs to be made available to the auditors when they, 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 they come and, 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 and request for it. But other than about that, before the external auditors get there, there is internal audit. Internal audit has a responsibility to consult with management on the areas which they have challenges on in terms of uh, implementation of the requirements of the standard. So um, departments and the public entities need to take advantage of internal auditors and really make use of them to discharge and ensure that the internal controls that are put in place are adequate to ensure financial reporting is done in accordance with the relevant um, uh, reporting framework. And then also once these financial statements have been completed, there needs to be sufficient time given to the internal auditors to ensure that they, they, they perform their procedures and they are able to give assurance in terms of the quality of the set of financial statements that have been made available. Then built into that, there's also the, uh, the audit committee that has the responsibility to then take the, 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 uh, the, the issues that are coming through from the internal audit and then holds management accountable in terms of these are the issues that have been identified by internal audit. Have these issues been, uh, been, been uh, corrected? And what is the department doing for the future to ensure that these, these areas of uh, concern do not re-okay? And once those internal controls have been put in place, 
then um, the, the audit committee can successfully recommend to the accounting officer to say, this is a credible set of annual financial statements that can be relied upon by users such as government to reflect in the past performance of, the, of this institution and also account on how the public funds have been utilized to advance the mandate of the institution. And then the accounting officer is the oversight role player having these supporting acts that are providing inputs and are giving in, in insights in terms of what has transpired, what needs to be done, how it needs to be done, then has to drive and ensure that the department and the institutions really uh, do uh, take um, actions and implement the recommendations from the relevant assurance providers. So that is, that is in a nutshell, some of the issues where you will not break down in terms of those processes, which then ultimately results to the uh, less than desirable uh, audit outcomes in terms of financial reporting, uh, audit opinion or audit outcomes. And if then management go back to the basics and implement these steps to ensure that they all build together, work towards and, and, and producing and, 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 and submitting a credible set of annual financial statements without there being the external auditors to bring issues to their attention and enable them to correct them. The, the external auditors are just there to say, okay, this is what you expected to do. This is what you have done. Does it comply with the relevant prescript? And then be able to, pro, to, to, to um, express an opinion thereon. So these are, are the issues that these institutions need to wear on and ensure that they really uh, they, they, they really uh, strict and make sure that they are happening and there's timeless plans to do all of these things such that then there can be a realization of the desired results. And the issue of the forensic report, I did already respond to it, uh, Chebesin, and the last question, I think it was directed to yourself and you've already responded. And I think I've uh, come to the end of my responses unless there's something that I've forgotten. No, no, thank you. Thank you, um, uh, Ms. Matiyani, um, for your comprehensive, uh, very detailed responses. I think it's uh, both educative, uh, it's empowering for us as members, but it also gives us confidence that uh, you are thorough and the AG is well-led in, in this uh, department. So uh, we also want to acknowledge uh, your professional way of how you're conducting this, uh, this, uh, this presentation. Members, um, uh, it seems that we're coming to the end of our our portfolio committee. I want to make uh, one or two concluding remarks, but let me check with the portfolio committee staff if there is any other announcements before I do and close the meeting. Um, Mr. King? Uh, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, we don't have that much announcement, but just to indicate that this has been our last meeting for this quarter. And then we are also like to extend our appreciation to AG in responding in our last day of the meeting. We did receive their apology previously where they indicated that they were held up. And then I should think we'll also keep in touch with them uh, in trying to capacitate the committee in all the methods and the, uh, the, the capacity on uh, 
implementing their functions. So to members will say we are going to a, a recess and then the committee will resume on the 19th of April for a week where we'll be dealing much more with the APPs of the department in uh, producing the budget voter report, which will be expected to be debated on the 10th of May. So now we'll be having the week between the 18th and the 20th, and then NA will go to leave period between the 26th, 25 till the end of uh, uh, April, and then we also going to resume thereafter. I think our meeting will be around the 4th of May, trying to finalize the budget vote report, and then we, we are expecting that the budget vote uh, debate will be on the 10th of May. So those are the announcements so far that you can have. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you for those announcements. I'm sure members will get the, the program. Um, I see Honorable Kruger. Uh, Honorable Kruger, um, let me give you an opportunity before I close. Yeah, yeah thank you, Chair. Um, just a correction on King's announcements. It's not a recess. Um, it's a constituency period. Thank you. Um, politicians and, and MPs don't race. We're going... We work very hard in our constituencies now. I was gonna, I was gonna make that point, but thanks, thank you, uh, Honourable Kruger. It's indeed uh, true that um, our parliamentary work uh, might be uh, in recess, but all of the members, honourable members, that in the platform, to report to your constituency, and so for the next two weeks, you are expected to be on the ground, uh, working and bringing Parliament to our our people, and so uh, I'm sure. You will do that diligently. I want to wish you all uh, very well in your travels. Um, just to conclude with the with today's presentation, I think we've received uh, a, a, a very realistic sense of where we are with uh, small business and uh, the age is also given their impressions, uh, gave us um, a very important report. We note the under-expenditure during the COVID period. It was a, a very difficult time. Um, there has been lots of applicants, uh, um, and I think there was big room for improvement. Um, luckily, we did not pick up wholesale corruption, but I think what we did pick up was uh, a, 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 a inability of the system to manage the application. So there is areas for room of, for improvement, but also, more important, consequence management. I think this portfolio committee notes the outstanding forensic report of the fifth administration. I think members have raised that. So if our portfolio committee staff can also again remind the AG and the department to provide us at an appropriate time uh, feedback on, on that, uh, because there were some cases, outstanding cases uh, that needed to be, be sorted. I think as South Africans, and, um, and I think this is a very important point that I want to emphasize that this government is trying to, with its limited budget, is trying to make funds available. I think um, through all its different programs, whether it's the Spaza Shop program, whether it's the Township and Rural um, uh, Support program, um, whether it's the, um, uh, the relief, the debt relief program, 
this government is trying to make funds available, access to finance, especially for small and informal businesses available. And whilst we've made significant progress, there is great room for improvement. Uh, under expenditure on this is, is, is not acceptable and our officials must be able to spend all the money. Um, we must also be able to get South Africans to apply. So that's the other big challenge I take away, that um, yes, we complain about uh, our foreign nationals being in our townships, but we also want to encourage South Africans to take these opportunities to, to apply, to, uh, to register their business and use these opportunities to, uh, to, to, to access the funds and also become sustainable businesses. But in turn, we're also calling on the officials from the department and its entities to be more responsive. I think there has been a call that maybe the online our capacity in our townships and the rural dorp is, is not that big. So we want our government officials to help to ensure that we do get uh, um, projects supported in our communities. Um, but I think there's more to be done. I think uh, I am also excited to hear from the, the, the National Development Plan and the audit of where we are. Um, we've noted the, the Township Economic Growth a Bill uh, coming out of Houting. And I think we, 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 we want to see how far um, we can push and improve township uh, economies going forward. We've also re received the, the report on the Competition Commission, which also paints a bleak picture on market concentration and how big companies um, um, are, are doing. And so that's also something that we need to follow up. So members, I want to wish you well. Um, continue your work in your areas and uh, be safe. Uh, spread the message of vaccination. We want to have a strong campaign, especially to our younger uh, members of our society to get vaccinated. Um, we're relaxing all of the, 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 the regulations. But this COVID, if we really are going to put it behind us and we want to stimulate our economy, we want to encourage everybody to be vaccinated. For that, I want to thank uh, members for allowing me to act in, uh, in this capacity today and wish you well for uh, the constituency period and be safe. And then we'll all see each other uh, when we resume again, I think on the, uh, the 19th of April. So thank Jan you very much. Go and vaccinate. Jan de Villiers is not vaccinated. Long live the chair.